While we've been on break, there have been several updates on cases we've covered. Before we launch our all-new episodes for you in March, we wanted to bring you this update episode to cover all the new developments since we've been away. This week's episode is Baby Snowpocalypse Update 2K21. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. We're back. <laughs> I felt like, uh, was it George? He goes, I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. I'm yeah. back, baby. I've just been on cloud nine all day. Oh. I'm just like, so excited. Me too. We were driving to pick up hamburgers and I was like, we get to record tonight. Where'd you get hamburgers from? Liberty Burger. Ooh, love Liberty Burger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Got the Napa. Got some uh, olives. Got a little gorgonzola, arugula. That's good. Speaking of olives, our neighbors who... I love dearly and who are listeners. So hi, Keith hi. and Doug. They brought us a homemade sourdough olive bread. And <laughs> Heather's shaking her head in disgust because she gets so <laughs> mad that she doesn't have good neighbors. And I do. <laughs> it's not that they're not good. I just don't know them. I wrote about them this week. One of them called the cops on Paris for taking a package well, off her own porch. I mean, there you go. I don't think <laughs> she's bringing one- you cookies. Found him on the internet that he is a child pornographer. We're not hanging out anytime He's soon. He's a child the, pornographer. Well, convicted recently. In the oh, Obama administration. Yeah, it was in the Obama administration. And then the other lady, when it, the weather's nice, she has a bird and she she yells at it on the porch. <laughs> she gossips to the bird. It's bizarre. She could have a Bluetooth in. I don't know. Or it's the bird. But this these were not. They, no one's bringing me loaves. Nobody's bringing you loaves. Well, and the second part was um, the most delicious croissants i've ever had that he also made he's he's incredible um i think Uh, i think he started i think he's gonna have a store soon so when that time comes i'll let everybody know please didn't you send me a picture of what you called your dick swinging neighbors (laughs) giant snow dude that thing was i'm not exaggerating probably 15 feet tall it was humongous they had to use a ladder yeah i mean they they shoveled their sidewalk, and so they just dumped all the snow there. Mm-hmm. We just let it all melt. Yeah, we I don't have a mind. shovel. We Ella has a tiny shovel that would have taken me years to do. Aaron used a. My brother in law is a pyrographer. He used a blowtorch and oh, he just melted it. That's smart. That's cool. Yeah, if you got one, why wouldn't you? No, use it? yeah. Well, yeah, that's one of the things we're going to be talking about in our update Personal, episode. Is that's right. All the things that. We have been going through over the past month or so um, things the world has been going through, things that our beloved state of Texas has gone through. Yeehaw. It's been a a crazy wild ride, and uh, it's good to be back. And thank you to everyone for all of your messages of missing us, support, um, checking in to see how we were doing in the storms, all your messages to me about uh, congratulating me on my new edition. And we're going to update you guys on all of that now. And then the, we'll the, get into uh, 
there's been a ton of updates on cases we've covered in the past. We're too. like pretty much t- the future tellers. We're ahead of the times. Are, these are stories that we had done like years ago. Yeah. And it all cropped up while we were on break. It was so funny and also convenient for mm-hmm. re-releases. But it was. the first bit of news is the best bit of news. Is you got the baby. I do have the baby now. He he is here. He was born on January 12th, three days late, just like Ella. Oh, look at that. So, yes, it was a fast and furious uh, labor and delivery. And you had a sandwich before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At, um, at 4.30, I was eating a cold cut combo from Subway. At mm-hmm. 6.57, I had a baby. Oh, so my. It, it went... From me texting my midwife about 4 p.m. And I was like, I'm starting to have contractions, but they're still, I can still talk through them. They're, they're not that bad. And I can still eat a gnarly. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) Tommy went to Subway, um, and we're watching Chernobyl. So I'm just going (laughs) to chill. Side note. If dude, Chernobyl is top three best hbo series of all time in my opinion it is you've been telling phenomenal. me so good that too holy shit it's so good uh but i really wanted to eat this cold cut combo so i was like <laughs> please dude just hold off a little bit longer <laughs> until this gets here so he got home i ate it and like halfway through i was like mm, "Ooh, things are things are starting to ramp up and yeah. afterwards, I was like, okay, I think we should start getting things ready. And I texted my midwife and was like, um, things are getting a little more intense. I don't know if I want to uh, wait any longer to get up there because I don't want to be in the car with them getting any worse. Especially rush hour time Dude, on a weekday. Yes, and it was. And she's like, okay, I'm heading up there now. So we got in the car. By the time I got in the car, I was like, uh, I'm gonna have this baby in the car. Like in well, within 15 minutes, things ramped up so quickly, and of course it was rush hour. And even though the birth center is 10 minutes from us, and Tommy had it in his GPS, and we were both just eyes glued to that GPS. <laughs> like if this at any moment turns red and is like adds time on, I don't know what we're gonna do. And I was, you never know. There could just be an accident yeah, in front of you. Yeah. Even if it says 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And at one point we were on 30 at a complete standstill. And I was like, I'm going to have this baby in the car. <laughs> on 30. Also, how bizarre that like no one around us knows what's going on right now in the car. You know? And so then I was like, man, do we ever know what's going on in the cars next to us? Mm-mm. So have some grace when people <laughs> want to get over or maybe you know, just like they're trying to exit because their wife is having, yeah, their wife is crowning next to you. <laughs> you let never them know. Over. If they put their blinker on. Let them over. You never know what somebody's going through. Uh, we we made it to the birth center. We pulled in to the parking lot at five thirty nine, and I walked in. I immediately fell into Becky, who's my midwife. She's also a very dear friend of mine. Fell into her arms and started sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) I cried so many times during the labor, which I did not do at all with Ella, but I was so emotional. I don't know. And I was like, I don't know why I'm so emotional. And they're like, because you're about to meet your baby. (laughs) It's an emotional (laughs) thing. But I was just like so emotional and... um, well, maybe because with Ellie, you didn't know you, yeah. you know, you didn't know that feeling afterwards. And with him, you knew, you know how much you're going to love yeah, him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
So things ramped up very quickly. It was um, way more intense than my labor with Ella. And at times scary. I mean, it's scary. Like I ca- a couple times I was like, I can't do this. And they're like, it was shooting out of you. Yeah. Well, and it, you're just in so much pain. And, yeah. you know, it's I had more I had like more down breaks in between the contractions with Simon. His name is Simon, by the way, everybody. Um, <laughs> but with because with Ella, it was just kind of like constant. But the contractions were so much more intense with him. Uh, and. At 6.57, he came into the world. He's beautiful. He's beautiful, yes. And it was a, it was a fast labor and delivery, mm-hmm. but a, a very intense one. So, mm-hmm. But all went well when it was, it was over and done with. My midwife always says labor is like grabbing onto the front of a freight train and mm-hmm. just having to wait for it to stop. Like you can't yeah. – it's out of your control entirely. Mm-hmm. Which is the craziest part about it, because you're like, I can't stop this. Yeah, your body's just going. No, it's, it's I mean, like, we just got to wait this out, because there's so many times during it where I'm like, I just need a break. I just want it to stop. And your body's like, sorry, dude. That's mm-hmm. not how no this, break here. That's not how this works. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, I wrote down um, some some <laughs> some things that I said throughout the the evening, because things were just coming out of my mouth that I... <laughs> Well, I'm sure. Yeah. When it was like he was almost out and internally it felt like he was right there and Mm -hmm. it felt like a giant Thanksgiving turkey was just trying to come out of me. (laughs) Well, he was 10 pounds. Yeah, he was 10 pounds, five ounces. Ella was 10 pounds, six ounces. I don't give birth to small babies. And I remember telling them, like, he's just reach up there and grab him. And they were, they were like, we can't do that. That's not how this works. Yank him out. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So. Well, he's here. He is here. Um, it was, it's been a whirlwind. Um, I debated and I asked Tommy if I was going to talk about this. And uh, we decided, yeah, why not talk about it? Because we think the less stigma that's around these types of things um, is good. And it's nothing Mm -hmm. that, like, we're ashamed of or anything. But the first week was definitely very rough because Simon was born with something called, um, on the right side, called grade three microtia with Mm -hmm. atresia. Which means, and we did not know this beforehand. So this was a total shock to us when he was born. Uh, so he was not born with a middle ear or in, in an underdeveloped outer ear, but he does have an inner ear. So mm-hmm. what that means is he's deaf on his right side and either will have to have a hearing aid um, or surgery at some point. There's there's a lot of stuff going on. But mm-hmm. because we didn't know that that was something to expect, it was very shocking and very oh, yeah. upsetting and... When you have a baby and they come into this world, all you want for them is to be healthy Mm -hmm. and you're overjoyed by their presence. And then when something, a medical thing pops up, it's, uh, it was hard because you want so hard to be present and just be nothing more than happy about this new arrival. But then there's this thing that's kind of this dark cloud looming over it that you, you're, scared you don't know what's going on we Mm -hmm. 
you're just waiting to get into doctors to see what this even is and everything. So the first week was really tough. But once we saw some doctors and the initial shot kind of wore off, uh, we're definitely feeling better and doing better. And Mm -hmm. from the beginning, all we have said is we never want him to feel self-conscious or for anyone to treat him any differently. This is just who he is. And like Mm -hmm. our therapist has said, it'll just become part of his story. It's not a huge debilitating thing. It's it's pretty uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have found like some online communities and stuff that we've learned a lot about it and everything and meeting with doctors and everything. And who knows? And one reason I wanted to talk about it is there may be a listener um, that has this or you have a child that has this or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do, I would love to hear from you because at, because it is rare and there are different kind of trains of schools of thought on treatment and stuff treatment and yeah what to do and everything i'd love to hear your stories and everything but yeah we're we're the good news is he uh initial tests show that he has full hearing in his left ear so our main we were we were really concerned that he wasn't going to be able to hear at all and that would be a totally different can of worms but it seems like he can and so the fact that he can't in his right shouldn't affect his development or speech or anything like that so Mm -hmm. but we still have a it's a long road ahead and not a ton can even be done until he's older so we'll see how things go but so that was having a newborn is already so much and you're (laughs) so tired and you have a million things to deal with and then when that happened it was even a more stressful situation yeah and more and you have more appointments and especially getting in to see specialists and Mm -hmm. doctors and all different pediatrics yeah experts and stuff like that and you're just so worried you're just like i don't want i don't want my brand new baby to start the world off with a hardship you know and so like you said be teased or something but didn't you say one of the doctors said one of their older patients was a musician like right a drummer Mm -hmm, or something mm -hmm. like that so you know it's it's hopefully he'll it'll like your therapist said it'll be part of his story Mm -hmm. you know he'll adapt he's gonna do what he's gonna be what he's gonna be yeah 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 yeah. and and from everything we've read because there's a lot of stuff on reddit it's like um you know, the the people that are most adjusted with it were their parents just like treated it like the color of their eyes. This is just mm-hmm. like part of who you are. It's not like a big deal or anything like that. It's yeah. So, yeah. So that was going on, Heather. And then and then <laughs> you texted me and then a photo something crazy happened. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. This is when I, I mentioned and somebody asked about like, oh, where you, where are you guys been? When are you coming back? I'm like. We've had some medical <laughs> issues. And by we, I mean Christy and her family, like not me. I've just been receiving the messages and oh, trying to man. be supportive from afar. The picture you sent me initially <laughs> looked like a staph infection or like a bruise. Yeah. Like it was maybe like silver dollar size, purple and red spot on your leg. Yeah. Yes. So one night I rolled over in bed. It was actually January 23rd because I've had to document all of this. And I felt this sore on my leg. And I was like, what is that? And I looked and I had a red spot. And my midwife had told me like, hey, uh, blood clots can happen in postpartum. Mm. So and I so I immediately was like, holy shit, I have a blood clot. Yeah. It turns out it wasn't. And because I was texting Becky like, this is what's going on. She's like, it doesn't look or sound like that. But if it gets worse, go to urgent care. Well, a few days go by, it gets worse. 
So I go to urgent care and the nurse is like, I think this is a bite of some sort. You can see a little puncture wound in the middle, like something bit you. And I was like, I didn't ever feel anything bite me. I don't know what this could be. She's like, well, there's nothing much we can do right now. I'm going to prescribe you antibiotics. Come back in a few days. Go back in a few days. It's gotten worse. She's like, we still can't drain it. I know, guys. It's so gross. This is so gross. Prepare yourself. When you told me what (laughs) happens next, I audibly gasped on a conference call and had to lie and say I stubbed my toe. Like it was, I didn't want to be like my friend's texting me medical photos, uh, which I asked for. To be fair, that's I true. Asked for I the did photos. say, "Do you want to see these?" Because I knew you would. You were like, "Yes, I, of course I do." <laughs> so um, she's like, "Come back in a few days." So I go back a few days later. By this time, it's significantly worse. From the like, photos, it looked like it was throbbing in the photo. Oh, it it was like it looked like a giant blood blister. Is what mm-hmm. it looked like. So she's like, okay, well, it's time. And it had started to kind of like seep. I'm, I'm, I'm grossed out by saying this. So I apologize if you're grossed out hearing this. Just skip mm-hmm. ahead like five minutes. She's like, well, we're going to have to, we're going to have to drain it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so Brace I, I literally almost passed out in the, in the room. I, cause I don't do well with this kind of stuff. So she starts doing it. And all of a sudden she's like, what's this? Oh, that's not what you want to hear ever. ever <laughs> oh, when she walked into the room, she goes, what's wrong with your leg? Because you're the doctor. I go, I don't know. And she goes, that looks ugly. I was like, I know. I don't know what's God. wrong. <laughs> Which urgent care is <laughs> The one in Casa Linda. Well, there you go. I was it's like, are you sure it was a real off. doctor? <laughs> you're like, I was the back of the Albertsons. It's in the same parking lot as the Albertsons. It though. is, yes. So she starts like doing stuff and she goes, what's this? And I look down. And there's these little white balls. And she goes, I think these are eggs. Fuck my life. <laughs> God. And I said, are you are you kidding me? And she's like, I don't know. And I go, oh, my God, those do look like eggs. I literally, I almost passed out. And she's like, well, let's take a culture. So she starts putting them Scooping in this, it? like, this thing. And, and I'm like, what? What is this? And she's like, I don't know, but whatever bitch you... She kept saying, deposited something inside of you. Which Please stop. <laughs> don't ever tell me something deposited. So- like I'm a host for something. <laughs> you were? I was. Oh, well, we thought. Luckily, spoiler, they were not eggs, but... Thank God. Was it any because- better what it was? <laughs> no, Maybe. it's I don't know. more scarier. <laughs> so then I'm like flipping out. I'm texting Tommy while this is going on. I was like, I'm dead. I'm dying. <laughs> I this is I cannot believe what's happening and he was like what what are you talking about I was like I don't know we, we got to move so <laughs> burn down the house yeah so she bandages me up she's like okay you're gonna have to go see the wound clinic guys oh my life has been <laughs> so fucking crazy the past month so I have to start going to the doctor there I have been having to take care of this for a month now while I'm seeing them, she calls me a few days later and she's like, well, we got the culture back. It looks like um, it was a brown recluse. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? How could this have bitten me? She's like, we call them silent biters because you don't feel them bite you. They just bite you. And then you discover <laughs> the bite like a day later or something. I have creepy crawly. I feelings. know. Oh, man, I haven't slept well since this happened. And I was like. Well, so were they eggs? And she goes, no, I don't think they were eggs. 
I think it was poison. Ugh. Just Bas- living in your leg. Yes, basically, it was little balls of spider poison that was in my leg. Me, and by the way, I have a giant fucking hole in my leg from this yes. thing. Because yeah. they scooped all the stuff out so, and yes. packed it. So I've been having to pack it with freaking gauze every day for two and a half weeks. I had an update. You asked me before we started recording, yes. how's your leg? And I was like, I have an update. So I had my appointment today. I was supposed to go last week. It got canceled because of the damn storm. So I went today. I now have to make a collagen paste every day out of powder and saline. As and- if you you got a lot of free time to be doing that. <laughs> and pack my leg, pack the hole in my leg with it. I've got to do this for another two freaking weeks. Jesus Christ. And I asked the doctor, I go, is this going to scar? And he just goes, yes. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> He's like, we're not in the business of false And hope. then he goes. You're disfigured. Your he leg's goes, ruined. I'm more concerned with not losing the leg, though. And oh I went, what? I didn't even know that was on the table. <laughs> I just, <laughs> it's not that big of a hole. This is the wound place that's like right across the street from Urgent yes. Care. They all went to the same school of like, just don't sugarcoat it. No. Just yell out whatever the first thought you have when you walk in the room. <laughs> yell it at them. Yes. You lose your leg. What? No bedside manor university is where all of these <laughs> medical professionals went. What is wrong with you? Like who says that? <laughs> wow, Don't... what's wrong with your leg? That's Ooh, ugly. It's all, it's all fucked up. I was like, I fucking know. It's uh, you tell oh me. Oh my god. So yeah, so that's uh, and then the antibiotics that gave me for my leg gave me thrush in my titties. Awesome. So awesome. which is a very painful infection in your boobs, which I still have. So been a lot a lot's been going on like i said it's, you got a lot of free time so thank you mm-hmm. for being here with me today yeah so <laughs> between your paste mixing and your ointments <laughs> your baby that you have to raise yeah oh what a man what a couple of weeks and then a giant ice storm happened it was like yes. four fucking degrees here and nobody yes. knows what to do and the Which, s- whole state was without power and electricity and I, water we learn on tiktok that the snow is fake but bill gates and joe biden sent fake snow to make the Texas energy market Who look said bad. This? People on TikTok are picking up fistfuls of, there was videos of them picking up fistfuls of the snow and we're like, this ain't real snow. It don't even make your hand wet. And then the guy's <laughs> hand's like glistening. And another girl <laughs> makes a snowball, packs a tight below. She's outside. This is my favorite part of how stupid just like human beings are. She packs a really tight frozen snowball outside when it's like, you know, eight degrees gets a hairdryer and has got the hairdryer going on the snowball and she's like, it ain't even melting. There ain't even no drips. And I was like, you're really making our state look really fucking bad. She's like, there ain't even no drips. This is fake snow. This is Obama snow. And you're like, it's not. Oh, God. Oh, so man. So they think that the snow was chemical, like fake, not real snow. Uh, I was here. I was in it. I've lived in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It was real snow. Mm-hmm. I've been in real snow. I've yeah. been in cold weather like this. We were, as a state, you know, it's funny because it always happens when, when Texas gets snow, cold weather and people are like, oh, you guys can't even handle your weather. Well, mm-hmm. in Minnesota, it's always negative 12. Yeah, you just said always. It's never negative <laughs> yeah. anything here. Zero percent of the time is it negative anything. And so everything exploded. Yep, yep. All just the like pipes if it was, everywhere exploded. If it was above 100 degrees for multiple days in Minnesota, a ton of people would die. Yeah. Everything probably would explode because you're not used to that. All your houses all, would melt. Yes, your shit would melt. And mm-hmm. so it's like, we're used to what we're used to. You're used to what you're used to. We all got to get used to everything because the planets. Bill Gates is working with <laughs> yeah. Harvard to dim the sun, honestly. I mean, yeah. that's like a real thing because shit's getting fucked up. So, yeah, it was, uh, I had it not. It was wild. Le- There's a reason why I left the old Windy City, and it's because I did not want to live in snowdrifts and negative degree temperature. Yeah, it was a cold, 
I've never known in Texas. No, it's never been like this. Like we had alerts saying, "Don't if you're exposed for more than thirty minutes, you could get frostbite." Like my, that kind my of sister's cold. face. She was outside and her cheeks weren't covered, and she had they were real red. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you know windburn, frostbite. I drove to what's a normally fifteen minute drive to my mom's house. Took me an hour mm-hmm. to go and pick her up because she was multiple days without heat or was twenty four hours without power and was trying trying to tough it out and hang out in the cold i was like no i'm gonna come get you yeah. so she came over it was very nice we got to hang out she nice. and paris bonded over oatmeal <laughs> both really like oatmeal <laughs> oatmeal is good he loves over he's very into overnight oats right now so oh okay that's his new th- i call it a mush his mush cups it's just a cup of mush <laughs> yeah. uh but it, so my mom was here three days and then uh we we never lost power because we're next to a fire station so mm-hmm. my mom was here for a while and then i had friends come and use the shower and then other friends that didn't have power went and took them to the grocery store because they didn't have any food that they could, you know, that was not, you, you had to cook or uh-huh. you know, need to be refrigerated. So it was like Grand Central Station over here. So uh, we're now at work, you know, because I work at Legal Age trying to figure out ways to help people because yeah. there's so many different, you just don't realize, you know, h- how it impacts different communities in different ways. So yeah. it is uh, hellacious what has happened. And it I is. went down a whole rabbit hole of Texas energy regulations mm-hmm. and why people with gritty are getting like, ten thousand dollar electric bills yeah. and stuff so it's it's wild luckily we did not lose um power or water we did lose the internet for a week which if there's one thing i learned during this storm it's that we've got to update our dvd collection <laughs> you're because like we're, you're watching all kinds of stars tommy went to Redbox. did he which really? yes and we also had to explain to ella what blockbuster was <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It's, and that's that threw another wrench in our world. Like, well, we'll record. And you're like, I can't get you an audio file. <laughs> yeah. You don't have the computer. Yeah. So there's been a lot. So we appreciate everybody's um, patience and support and to mm-hmm. everyone in Texas that was affected and is still yes. affected. Our hearts go out to you. And man, yeah, some shit needs to change for sure. Yeah. And we can put a, a link to like mutual aid. And the New York Times ran a great story about different. Uh, organizations in Texas that need help and around Dallas and stuff like that. So we can throw up a link so y'all in the show notes. The biggest thing that needs help is our fucking idiot uh, Senator Ted Cruz who <laughs> just decides to... Did you see SNL? Go, I haven't watched it yet. I've been saving it. Is it great? AD Bryant is it, very just good. Just seeing Ted her Ted Cruz with those that <laughs> hair, I died. Yeah. She's great. She's... she's. I'm glad she's back. She was gone for a minute yeah. she was filming Shrill. I'm glad she's back. She's so fucking She's funny. so great. Yes, I love her. Oh, man. Well, and then we also, speaking of laughing and, and updated DVD collections, you got the internet back and you had it before that. We want to talk a little bit about what we've been into. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, if there's one thing you do a lot of when you're on maternity leave, it's binge watch shows. Mm-hmm. And I have a list. <laughs> I just was watching the weirdest shit. Some good stuff. Some not good stuff. Uh, like I, we watched um, Dave. Okay. Which, if you guys haven't seen Dave, it's so good. It's about um, it's like Curb, but it's um. Lil Dicky, who's a who's a rapper. Mm-hmm. Uh watch both seasons of Detroiters. So, so funny. Good. Oh my so God. Good. I can't believe there's not more. It's so it's funny. A crime that that got canceled. I'll be doing yeah. nothing and my brain will just go, ooh, death. <laughs> yes. so, so good. good. Uh you know I love competition shows. So oh, I yeah? watched both seasons of Glow Up. Okay. Which is a makeup competition show. Next in fashion. I am very into Ink Master right now. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm on season five. I'll tell you what, though. The 
contestants on Eek Master are some of the shittiest human beings that have ever been on a reality show <laughs> in the history of reality shows. I think the producers tell them, like, be as shitty and mean as possible. Like, every time bag. Tommy walks in, he's like, is this the season where everyone's nice to each other? I'm like, nope, doesn't exist. <laughs> They're all, they're all huge assholes. But one of the judges is Oliver Peck, who owns Elm Street Tattoo oh, in Deep right. Ellum. And that's, that's where right. I got my first two tattoos. And when I was getting my first tattoo, he walked in and oh, talked funny. to us. Yeah, it was it was awesome. He and his wife, I think, own Tiki Loco restaurant. They have a lot of good gluten-free treats. And they make very good nachos. It's like a really thing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was married. Yeah, lady friend, whatever, wife, girlfriend. I thought huh. they were married. He used to be married to Kat Von D, who's another oh, okay. tattoo artist, but they split up. But I did not know he owned that. That's very cool. Um, but the thing I've been most into. And you told me before we got on the air, I'm, I have no idea this fact about you. Yes. So it all started from watching Dave. And Lil Dicky is a freestyle rapper. If you don't know who he is look him up he's he's very fun but also super talented but i have become obsessed and i don't like to use that word Mm -mm. with watching freestyle rap videos on youtube (laughs) i love it i love that you love that it's it's I'm so in awe of these people. Yeah, it's amazing. It's It's like improv. Crazy. It really is. And my latest guy that I just think is like amazing and all i've been doing is watching videos for like three days straight of him his name's harry mack you've everyone stop listening right now and go to youtube Mm -hmm. and just look him up he is so incredible first of all he seems like the nicest guy on the planet he's also a very good looking but he does improv essentially where he will just take like three words he'll he'll go up to like people on the street and be like give me three i want to do some freestyle rap give me three words and they'll Mm -hmm. be like um Banana. Yeah. Pineapple. Exactly. Uh, You know, whatever. And then he'll just start rapping and he'll incorporate all these words and talk about it. I mean, it's mind blowing how how fucking good he is. It's insane. And he does this thing called that um, Omegle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where you chat. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I went down a rabbit hole about that in Child Predators last night. But uh (laughs) He'll do this thing where he'll just like be on Omegle and somebody will come, he'll connect with people and he'll just be like, Hey, I'd like to do some freestyle rap and he'll do it. And everybody loses their mind. And the thing that's so amazing about it is how much joy it brings these people Mm -hmm. that are just like blown away at how talented he is. And like, I'm like, what a gift to be able to make these people like laugh or laugh and just be like feel this like i mean i feel like joy watching him because one he's so passionate about doing it but he's so freaking talented and it's so impressive i just love watching people do the thing that they're really good at no matter who it is yes i mean if you're an a musician an artist a uh athlete whatever like watching people do the things that they really excel at is so impressive and enjoyable yeah so go watch him and Lil Dicky and whoever else. If you if you know some good ones, email me some because I am very into the freestyle rap scene right now. <laughs> A sentence I never thought I'd hear you say, and yet here we are. Yes, <laughs> I love what, it. What have you been into? Uh, well, my mom while she was over here recommended the HBO documentary "The Lady in the Dale," which is uh, produced by the Duplass brothers. 
And it's about Elizabeth Carmichael, a woman in the 70s who released this fuel-efficient three-wheeled car. And she's trying to get investors. And she feels like Big Big 3 Auto is like trying to tear her down, basically, and stop her. And then this mystery starts to kind of unfold of like, how does the car work? Does it even work? Is this a legitimate business or a scam? And then also, like, who is this woman? Where did she come from? What's her background? And there's a surprise appearance by a man named Dick Carlson who sucks and is a huge asshole. And guess who his son is? Who? Little Tucker Carlson. Who's little Tucker Carlson? Tucker Carlson from Fox News. Oh, well, yeah. that, there you go. Apple yeah. didn't fall far from the tree. You're you're watching this and you're like, this guy Dick is kind of a dick. And then, <laughs> like towards the end, you're like, oh, that's Tucker Carlson. That's dad. That why. makes sense. That's that was why. why. That's why. Yeah. I watched The Office again because, of course, I did. But it's mm-hmm. on Peacock, so some of the episodes are extended with. Uh, oh. Uh, the deleted scenes, which is a very annoying if you're watching it with me, because I'm like, that wasn't in the original episode. That was, <laughs> that was a deleted scene. But it's fun because Paris has only really ever watched it through once. So it's funny to watch him like laugh out loud at certain things. And I, like, I still laugh out loud and I've seen them a oh, million yeah. times. Uh, and then he's been showing me some episodes of Community. I've seen a couple seasons, but he's like, this is a really good one. But the real thing I've been obsessed with is The Simpsons. I never, oh, Simpsons are great. Never watched it like a lot. Never, and especially not much after I was like 10 or 11. And so I thought he's you been, had a bunch of Bart Simpson stuff. I did as a kid. But People you didn't would, watch it? I didn't really watch it. They, I had the Simpsons Sings the Blues cassette, which I wish I could find. I'm sad that I can't. And then I had some t-shirts and stuff. Again, I had a Bartman t-shirt. I went on eBay to try to find the same Bartman t-shirt I used to have. It's $95 uh-huh. on eBay. Yeah. Oh, uh, that reminds me of a show I also watched called oh um, Robbie's World. Uh, which is all about this dude that owns this vintage resale shop in Arizona. And why it made me think of that is like, he'll go and find these shirts that are like $2 at Goodwill and then sell them for like fucking $200. And it's shit like that, like yes. Simpson stuff. The people yeah. never know. They don't know what they're uh, getting. And to no. that end, I've also taught you talking about uh, people in their element doing things they love. I've been very into TikTok videos, but very oh, yeah. specific genres of there's a girl named Jax that she sings songs like, from the other perspective of stuff. So like that, you know, that song that's like, why do you got to be so rude? She sings it from the perspective of the girl's dad of like, mm. this asshole kid walked in my house. Uh-huh. But she like, she, I mean, she's got a gorgeous voice. She plays piano. She's phenomenal. Uh, and she was on Ellen recently and it's kind of blown up. And there's just a couple of singers on there that are, they don't have huge followings, but they have these gorgeous voices. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you should, I just want to hear you sing a song mm-hmm. that you wrote. And then there's also a subset of TikTok where it's all TV news anchors, like behind the scenes. And and they do a lot where they talk about how they talk in their news anchor accents or whatever mm-hmm. dialects. So that's all been interesting that and is. become a little bit of a doomsday prepper. I sent you my bracelet. <laughs> uh, I got a paracord eight in one bracelet with a knife, a fire starter, a whistle. Uh, nice. An emergency whistle. Um, I got into stonks for a while with Wall Street. You sure pets. did. Yeah, not, that was a whole thing that happened too. You and Tommy bath. both with the freaking GameStop stonks. <laughs> I took a, Jesus, I took a bath on GameStop. I'm still waiting for it to go to the moon. I'm holding diamond hands. <laughs> uh, and the the weirdest thing, and I I was kind of into it starting like last summer, uh, but I've really do- dove in, divin, dived deep back into it. Is Billy Joel music? I never. Really oh, liked. I love Billy Joel. I thought he was fine, and then oh, I just, he's great. 
I just have started listening to every single song of his on Spotify, and I dug through my record collection, which is a hybrid of my parents' records, records I've bought, and my Aunt Darlene's records, and I found two Billy Joel records, but it's not the one I want. I want oh. fucking Turnstiles. My favorite Billy Joel records, fucking Turnstiles. It's so goddamn good. Start to finish. Kill Me, Summer Highland Falls. Like Play that at my funeral and my wedding and every day of my life. I love that song. <laughs> I am so super into specifically turnstiles, and I cannot find it at any record store. Oh, really? So I'm gonna have to try to. I'll probably have to buy it off eBay or something. Good Records doesn't have it. I went to Good Records. I bought two John Mayer records and a Decemberist record. Not what I was there for. Um, but no, they didn't have it. And then I went to Half Price Books, and they did not have it. Had a nice conversation with the Half Price Books worker. Of course, we're all in masks and everything, but. Felt very safe at half price. Everything was very spaced out. And same good. with good records. Everything was very spaced out. There was shields everywhere. It was nice. But Amazon uh, doesn't have it? They do, but it's like third-party sellers. Mm. So I'm looking for turnstiles. But then I got down a rabbit hole talking about YouTube and people valuing things. There's uh, a subsection of YouTube of vinyl collectors. So oh, I've been yeah. watching a guy from a place called Noble Records. He has a ton of videos where he's talking about like top 10 records everybody should have. Top 10 records that are really rare but people don't know about them or that are really sought after but are really available. Like people think Thriller is really, you know, rare, but Thriller, there's like 66 million copies. So yeah, very, very now into vinyl record. I uh, love YouTube. So that's very been, nice. That's I wonder if I have that because I, my record collection is also my dad, a collection of my dad's, but also my own. And he may have had that. I'll have to look. Yeah. About, Three months ago, Tommy came up to me out of nowhere and goes, man, Billy Joel's really good. And I was like, is it 1984? <laughs> yeah, he's really good. Like, did you, you just, just now him? discover him? Well, like, and that's what- <laughs> yeah, he's really good. <laughs> Paris has never really listened to him. And so I'll play that or like Paul Simon. And I, I said, if I... If if my soul was any age, it's like a twenty six to thirty year old in New York in like the late nineteen seventies. Mm-hmm. That's like yep. where I'm at. We also watched the Bee Gees documentary on HBO oh, called about How to Mend a Broken Heart. Very fascinating. Also, the Bee Gees had some fucking hits. Oh yeah, and it's funny because it was like every time the Bee Gees got popular, there was a backlash, and then they got like smacked down, and then they would come back, reinvent something like they came out with totally badass Saturday Night Fever music mm-hmm. and then they're famous again it's crazy hearing about how songwriters write songs is just like so cool he's like I just heard the way that the tires thumped on a bridge and I thought you know jive talking maybe I'll sing it's like what do you mean yeah. it just came to you it's a that's what I'm talking about people like one thing is silly as this may sound is like TikTok makes me realize is like how much talent is out there mm-hmm. yes and that's and, what I'm like there's yeah. a barrier to these people have there's a kid on TikTok that I think he's I think he's Samoan and he has the most gorgeous voice. I mean, he's he's got a voice better than like Ed Sheeran, mm-hmm. better than anybody that's famous right now. And he's just like in a really small town somewhere, but his voice is phenomenal. And now he has like tons and tons of yeah. TikTok followers and people hopefully get discovered that way. I do like TikTok because it's not anybody I know. And I kind of mm-hmm. like the disassociation that's not going to like, it's some people I know, but it's not every single person in my life. It's like, Oh, here's a lady who is like on her break at her shift at Subway in mm-hmm. Washington State. And like, what does she have to say today? And you're like, so. and damn, she's funny as hell. Hilarious. Yeah. Oh, man. People reacting. I have a whole subset of people on there that all they do is duet other videos and just mm-hmm. make faces and be like, idiot. And it <laughs> gets me. God, yeah. it's so funny. Uh, yeah. Tommy's very into TikTok right now, too. So he'll mm-hmm. uh, he'll show me a bunch of stuff. Well, there you those go. are things we've been into and updates in our life. And there's Just been a, a ton of updates on cases we've covered as well. Let's, I say that's uh, that's our cue. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, the first one up we're going to discuss is Dyatlov Pass. One of people always ask, what are the cases y'all have covered that you think about the most? And this is one of them. Mm-hmm. In February of 1959, nine Russian hikers died under mysterious circumstances in the Ural Mountains. In our episode on this case, which we re-released last month, we discussed various theories as to what may have happened on that fateful night. I said I thought it was the KGB. I, I said that that could have also mm-hmm. been what had happened. I also thought that it may have been something, I believe, to do with um, the auditory correct things that caused them to kind of lose it. Yes. In June of 2020, the Russian government concluded a year-long reinvestigation of the incident and concluded that a large chunk of snow blocked the hikers from escaping the mountain, and thus they froze to death. However, the Russian government did not account for the radiation found in the hikers or the mutilation of their bodies, including one hiker's cut-out tongue. The public was not satisfied with this explanation because, as National Geographic stated, it failed to include key scientific details. Yeah, they kind of uh, brushed all the um, really interesting and unexplained weird stuff just right under the snow rug. I mean, if you're the one that didn't, wouldn't you That's that? true, yes. <laughs> I think so. In late January 2021, the Smithsonian and National Geographic published the findings of the Snow and Avalanche Simulation Laboratory at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology. Scientists at the Institute utilized technology to show the plausibility of the avalanche hypothesis. According to Johan Guam, the head of the snow lab at the Institute. Guam was led to his conclusions by the Disney film Frozen. After watching the animators' incredibly lifelike animation of the movements of snow, Guam asked the animators to share the code they used to create the film's snow scenes. Another surprising source? Dummies. 1970s crash test results from General Motors helped Guam determine how the bodies would react to various impacts. The results indicated that giant, stiff slabs of snow hurtled toward the tent like a moving wall. That wall then slammed into the bodies and caused car crash-type injuries. This is known as a slab avalanche. Yeah, it's a little bit different because I think initially people are like, oh, an avalanche avalanche, as in just a bunch of snow falling. But Mm -hmm. this, the picture actually looks like a physical wall like it's flat Mm -hmm. and it's hard and it would be as if a crash test dummy rammed into a wall but in this case the wall rams into the people i would like to call this slavalanche going slavalanche yeah i don't know that they missed the opportunity (laughs) if you're a scientist and you're allowed to name things mash them together yeah under mifflinfinity it always goes better together in his interview with live science guam summed up the story as tragic but bittersweet saying the hikers took care of their injured friends no one was left behind i think it is a great story of courage and friendship in the face of brutal force of nature so he's saying that some of the people survived the initial slant slavalanche mm-hmm. grabbed their friends out of the tents that's mm-hmm. what, maybe why there was because there were knife marks mm-hmm. cut from the inside out of the mm-hmm. tents as we discussed in our episode tried to get their their friends out that's why some were in several different states of undress and tried to drag them to safety and then froze to death mm-hmm. but like you said this doesn't explain uh why their bodies had unusual amounts of radiation while some had 
limbs missing. Their tongues were cut out. Some were found in like miles away. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot going on. It could also have happened. Like there could have been a slab avalanche, a slab avalanche, but then also there was some foul play. I think. I think so. Based upon the investigation, I'm not going to totally dismiss the theory because a the animators for the movie Frozen, they spent a lot of time on that code, and mm-hmm. it's really, really lifelike. And this guy's, I mean, he's the head of a, a snow lab. Who am I to say he's wrong? But I think it does not, it, it's a sufficient theory, but I don't know that it necessarily accounts for all of the evidence that we have available. It does not answer all of the questions. It is better is than the sure. Russian study, which was like, there is nothing to see. I don't know why people <laughs> keep looking into this. It exactly. was Slavalanche. We have it. was Slavalanche. Well, in 2013... Canadian student Elisa Lamb's mostly nude body was recovered from a water tank on top of the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Chilling security footage shows her strange behavior in the hours leading up to her disappearance and death. This is one of the first cases we covered. Yeah, this was like episode 17. Yeah, it's in the teens. Yeah. Also one I still think about on the reg. I have not watched this documentary yet. Have you? Yes. Okay. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I got some opinions. <laughs> On February 11th, 2021, Netflix released Crime Scene, Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Several theories are explored, including whether there was a cover-up by employees at the hotel, whether Lamb took her own life, or whether a hotel guest murdered her. I think, because uh, you did not watch Don't Fuck With Cats. No, so, I can't watch that kind of which, stuff. Yeah, if, uh, and you sh- it's fine. Uh, but that showed how beneficial online sleuthing can be and much like what billy jensen encourages very responsible sleuthing and uh you know crowdsourcing of information this show uh shows how dangerous quote-unquote sleuths can be or Mm. you know people who fancy themselves as investigators and instead of having evidence take wild theories and just take them as fact and it shows the dangers of that, uh, I think, fairly well. The best part is that they play, <laughs> they'll put up a screenshot of something somebody typed and the voiceover actors, I think, you know, when you, you're doing a voiceover, they're like, do it fun. Do this one a little quirky. <laughs> they were like, could you be like a snide bitch complaining at a subway that they did? I keep mentioning subway because we talked about it, but that they didn't put the meatballs on your sub. So it'll be like. I know exactly who did it. It was definitely a hotel employee. They've got something to hide. And then the mans will be like, I can't believe that the police covered this up and no one figured it out. It's just the voice acting is very assholey. It's like they purposefully, yeah, got them to do. But it does show that because they'll, and they juxtapose like the medical examiner that did the actual autopsy is like, it took me several weeks because I had to do this and da 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 da. And like scientists, and then somebody that's a YouTuber will be like, well, we were suspicious that it took so long to do an autopsy. They were probably covering something up. And it was like, who the fuck? It's like, no, she had been in a, vat of water for days and the body was severely decomposed and he was like because of the behavior and because of her you know history and that she was prescribed medication i wanted to do a talk screen because i wanted to see what she was and wasn't on and compare it to the pills that she had and they're like the toxicology report took too long it was probably made up (laughs) what like god just do a little bit of research you guys just a little bit of research or just face it and say i think it took a long time maybe there's an explanation and you can leave it ambiguous not be like because it took long therefore it was fake so mm-hmm. it was it was rough to watch although the uh they do interview the manager of the hotel a lot and uh she seems very weary and she's like i just got this job and 
I didn't know a bunch of people would just die here all the time. <laughs> oh, God. She's seen some shit. That lady has seen oh, some shit. Oh, man. Well, the Netflix series also focuses on a death metal musician from Monterey, Mexico, named Pablo C. Vergara, whose stage name is Morbid. Vergara had posted a video of himself online, visiting the hotel around the time Lamb's body was recovered. Soon, misguided web sleuths began reading into his music, lyrics, and videos, hunting for clues that he may have somehow been involved. The only problem? Morbid didn't visit the Cecil Hotel in February of 2013. He just posted the video then. The video was from a visit a full year earlier. Morbid was actually recording an album in Mexico during Lamb's time at the Cecil. Yeah, again, it's not very, it, you take a theory and you run with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just a, he's like a death metal guy and his music videos are really macabre. There's one where there's a picture of Ted Bundy behind him. Is it my style or taste? No. But does that mean him? he's a murderer? Also, no. no. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Despite evidence to the contrary, Morbid received online harassment at the hands of digital detectives. So bad, in fact, that it caused him to attempt to take his own life. Well, this is yeah. where that you take, the take a theory. You Yeah. And like we've said so many times, when you're online and you don't have anybody to answer to and you've got that protection of anonymity, you do stuff that mm-hmm. you wouldn't do otherwise. Don't and you sick fucking freak. Yeah. You, know you did it. Although he did wear this like kind of a scarecrow from Batman mask, like a bag mm. over his head. Oh, I and hate he's that like, thing. And then he's like. This is morbid. I didn't kill anyone. I am innocent. And I was like, not, that's not no. helping your case. No, your PR rep needs to be like, morbid, take off that mask. Take the mask. Tell them your Show name's- everyone what you look like. Comb your hair. Yes. Put on a clean shirt. So, yeah, Talk you f- normal. You really do feel bad for the guy because he's just trying to live his art. And if his art's kind of freaky or whatever, he's not hurting mm-hmm. anybody. Yep. In January of 2021, Zach Bagans and the Ghost Adventures crew visited the Cecil. Speaking with Den of Geek, Bagans said, I've been a lot of places throughout the world, but when you walk through the doors of the Cecil Hotel, you know there are doorways to other worlds. I believe it goes way down into the earth and draws a lot of energy through the earth. It is then magnified by the dark energy and criminal activity. I can't take anything he says seriously after (laughs) we just after we found out they they tell all their guests what to say and have Uh -uh. scripts and everything. Uh -uh. Also, maybe that's just part of the hotel. If they have doorways to other worlds, that is they're Beetlejuicing it. Yeah, it's an amenity on TripAdvisor. It's not a (laughs) defect for you to complain about, Zach Zildo (laughs) bag. They're doubling their customer base. By appealing to both this world and the other that's world. That's true. That's true. You double it up. Double it up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the, sh- the documentary talks about, you know, all the different people that have stayed there. So, I guess to be fair, if you want to say it's chicken and the egg, I guess, is the question of, like, did all of these bad people stay there because there was negative energy? Or is there negative energy because bad people stayed there? Mm-hmm. Not talking about Elisa Lam as a bad person. I mean, the, you know, the murderers, the multiple murderers that have stayed there. Yeah, exactly. While the documentary explores several theories, it does not bring us closer to finding out what exactly happened to Elisa. That's the thing with these cases, like mm-hmm. Dyatlov and this, is you can provide new evidence and documentaries can come out, but the fact of the matter is we're probably never going to know the answer to these things and unless you, yeah. we get a confession of some sort. And that's the problem is you can't, with all, it's like we've all, we're all playing with the same puzzle pieces. It's not mm-hmm. like... 
somebody's going to put them together. I will say of the web sleuth, I'm not going to talk shit about all of them. There was one or two on there that were more Sherlock Holmesy, evidence based. They're just collecting evidence. They weren't pushing a theory and trying to mash the evidence in to, to match it. And mm-hmm. he had like analyzed the elevator buttons in the video and figured out what floor she was on and what order he was pushing. And he did say, you know, when the doors being held open and the, everyone was like, "Oh, it's is what's happening? Is it a hand? Is someone doing it? Is it malfunctioning? Is it a ghost?" He's like, "You can see the button she's pushing." And when I visited it, I took a photo and it's door hold. And he Mm. said, pressing that one time holds the door open for two minutes. He's like, she presses it like six times. Mm -hmm. So it's something like that where he's like, I and he's like, I can definitively say she caused the door to be open. And then other things he will say, we don't know. You know, the evidence is here. It says this, this and this, but we're not sure. So uh, some web sleuths were like, and there were some that were genuinely just collecting the evidence. And those are the kind that we need. Correct. Because that does help you get a little bit closer to solving it. Mm hmm. Well, another story that has seen recent update that we covered is that of Anna Sorokin, also known as Anna Delvey, also known as the Soho Grifter. She scammed hotels, restaurants, and friends out of about $275,000. She was convicted and sentenced to 4 to 12 years in prison in 2019. At her sentencing, Delvey apologized for the mistakes she had made. On Thursday, February 11, 2021, Delvey was released on parole for good behavior after serving almost two years of her sentence. Two days later, on February 13th, she was spotted at Sephora shopping for makeup. She's also posted several items on social media, including a tweet saying, Looking for a boyfriend. Selfies, a screen grab of Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct, and photos of cameramen following her with the caption, Work, 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 work. She also maintains a blog called Anna Delvey Diaries, wherein she has written letters to both Donald Trump and Harvey Weinstein, giving advice on life at Rikers Island. Yeah, anybody can post anything they want on social media, but as Mm. I was scrolling through this, I was like, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She just is, she she strikes me as a person who has no remorse for what she's done. Zero. And is very, it's one of those where they're famous for being famous, where I'm like, you don't contribute anything. Mm -mm. Not even, you know, some people are, they end up being fashion designers. I don't know, whatever. But she doesn't seem like she was a fuck about the people she hurt at all. And is very like, oops, I'm drinking a lot of champagne. I'm wearing a $2,000 coat to go to Sephora. They're taking my picture when I'm going to Sephora. Uh." And it's like, you're. she just clearly revels, which it irritates me that we're even updating on this, because she just Mm -hmm. revels in the attention. Yeah. And she contributes zero to society. Correct. In fact, arguably, she takes from society. (laughs) That's true. And that we had to house and feed and clothe her for multiple years uh, Mm -hmm. because of the crime she did. Absolutely. Well, having been out of prison for only around a week, Delvey said, I think regret is just a useless feeling. According to the New York Post, the Post also reported that Delvey has a Netflix deal and has reportedly been paid an initial $30,000 payment for the rights to her life to create a miniseries produced by Shonda Rhimes as part of Rhimes' overall development deal with the streaming service. Contracts obtained through Freedom of Information Act requests show additional payments to Delvey that total $320,000, according to the BBC. The series was still in production as of November 2020, although it has been delayed due to COVID. The Post also reported that the crew seen in her social media posts are a German camera crew that follows the fake heiress around. Have you ever uh, heard of Caroline Calloway? Yes, this makes me she makes me think her her shit was all fake 
And some girl that she went to school with wrote her, like, everyone's like, Caroline Calloway is such a good writer. But then it turns out it was like a roommate, and there was a whole deal about plates with Yale in the back. I don't know, yada, yada. I read the initial story, and it's another person who I'm like, you're just famous for being a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're famous for pretending to be something you're not and then you get called out on it and somehow you're still famous because yeah. that's the story people are more interested in true and i will say to give caroline credit she's the first like grifter who made it into like a this is my job now look at my and she posts nudie photos which you're allowed to do everybody i'm not here to shame you for doing that but she turned this like i'm like this disin this disingenuous kind of liar persona into like a social media persona so good for her she did it and just like before with this anna person she didn't have anything original, so now she's. It seems to me like she's trying to play a Caroline Calloway, and I'm like, we got mm. one. We, we're all we're all stocked yeah. up here. We got one. We're we good. only need one. You Please only need stop. one. Yeah. What is that movie? It was one of Will Smith's first movies, and it's Wild all about Bob West. <laughs> no, he he. Um, you want to talk about raps? That's a rap. Oh yeah, he pretends to be this um, Sydney Portier's grandson or son and he gets into this like rich affluent scene and everything but it turns out he is just a grift shit what is the name of that movie six six degree six degrees of separation i think that's what it's called yeah it's but that it's the same premise yeah just living on a lie yeah and and rich people then in that movie and in this they kind of just believe what they want to believe it Mm -hmm. seems like they don't question it Mm-mm. You're like, oh, you have money? Well, then you must be um, on the up and up and can hang out with us. Mm-hmm. Well, and I watched the thing on the rise and fall of Juicy Couture brand and how, mm. you know, it was it came about like in the early 2000s when it was very, uh, it was very uh, popular to be really like gauche and like mm-hmm. labels on everything. And as a person who owned multiple pairs of Juicy Couture track pants and a full track suit, <laughs> like and sunglasses <laughs> and like a bag, like I was very into Juicy stuff. And it was, but then they talk about how after the 08 crisis that it became a lot more minimalist people realize like money isn't everything you don't need that and i think this anna person has come she came about in the decadent living life instagram yachts fire festival Mm -hmm. kind of shit and she was in prison and you're like oh no honey that's not a thing we do anymore like it's people i think in this covid world that we're living in is we're a lot more uh, you know what really matters kind of stuff of mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter to go like i spent five thousand dollars in a restaurant like people don't do that anymore you can't go to restaurants right <laughs> so a lot exactly. of them are shut down so if, like you you're like playing a game and or you're you know you're trying to play a game and it's over the buzzer's been called mm-hmm. while you were in jail yeah that that's true that she's been in jail throughout most of the covid uh-huh. stuff yeah yeah well on valentine's day delvi agreed to do an instagram live promising to answer questions from her followers only. However, the appointed time came and went, with Delvey never showing, according to the New York Post. There you go. Yep, well, so, again, still not a ton of answers. Well, with this one, we didn't need answers. We know no. she's just a piece of shit, and <laughs> uh, I think she probably didn't show because she knew people would say just that and be yeah. like, how can you still show zero remorse mm-hmm. for what you've done? And she had put like in all caps, like followers only, which would get more people to follow you. Yeah. So that, and so then you bump your followers up two or 3000 and then you don't even have to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go and follow her. One more. Grift. Follow her. We got one more grift. Well, on January 11th, 2018, Kat West was killed outside the home. She shared with her husband, Jeff and their daughter, Lola. 
Authorities arrested Jeff for the slaying, and he was eventually convicted of reckless manslaughter on November 20, 2020. West was scheduled to be sentenced on January 11, 2021, exactly three years to the date of his wife's death. The hearing was then delayed a month, though no official reasons were given, according to CBS 42 News. Finally, on February 8, 2021, Jeff was sentenced to 16 years in prison, but will receive credit for the three years he already served while awaiting trial. The maximum sentence Jeff could have received was 20 years, though his defense attorney sought only probation. Yeah, it was on the higher end of the sentencing uh, guidelines, but... I'm glad. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's, Wish he'd gotten all 20. As yeah. you, If you listen to that episode, you'll know that the evidence was just stacked against this guy, yeah. despite what he said and what the victim's family said. Mm-hmm, what his mother-in-law said to get mm-hmm. try to get him uh, acquitted. But yeah, yeah, his defense attorney seemed pretty smug and was like, well, it's only a reckless manslaughter. We'll get probation. And that is not what happened. That is not what happened. Good. Thankfully. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, the so real, you know, there's no there winner. hopefully for another at least 13 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he may have good behavior. You just feel mm-hmm. bad for their daughter. I mean, not that he yeah. should have not gone to jail because of the daughter. I think it just should not, none of it should have happened. But yeah, she's got good grandparents, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest updates that continues to, I swear, constantly, every day I get a, a Google alert about Brittany. But it's and not something new that's happened. It's never the update we want, which is no. that she has been freed. It's never that update. Well, on February 5th, 2021. FX and Hulu's joint show, The New York Times Presents, released its episode titled Framing Britney Spears. Once again, the internet was set ablaze by the revelations in the documentary, and additional celebrities have joined the hashtag FreedBritney movement. Musician Casey Musgrave said, Y'all, it's been plaguing me that nobody knows if Britney is truly okay. Actress and poet Amber Tamblyn tweeted, I hope Britney is freed of that conservatorship, liberated, as she in her own words said, it's baffling that any judge would continue to uphold it. And Sarah Jessica Parker simply tweeted, hashtag free Britney. The problem is with, with, I agree with the sentiment, obviously, but it's not that the judge is upholding it. It's that the lawyers aren't filing the things they need to get filed to make it go away. In addition to the conservatorship, the documentary shined a light on the media's treatment of Britney in the early days of the arrangement. Late night hosts were shown mocking her, after the incidents was shaving her head and damaging the paparazzo's car with an umbrella. A clip of Craig Ferguson went viral for the opposite reason, though, showing him in 2007, explaining how he refused to make Britney Spears jokes, saying, She needs help. And admonishing the media. It's really powerful. The clip that went viral is about three minutes, but if you watch the full monologue, it's 12 minutes, and he ta- he starts to reflect on his 15th anniversary of sobriety, And how he's like, it wouldn't have been that long ago that that could have been me. And he talks about she's only 25. She has two kids. He's like, you just saw us lose Anna Nicole. And she's Mm -hmm. like, Anna Nicole has a baby. And everyone Mm -hmm. is making her death into a joke. That's a baby that did not ask for that. Just like Britney's kids didn't ask for it. And he said, she's a baby herself. She's 25. And she's got all this pressure on her. And and he said, it's like America's Funniest Home Videos where the parents holding the camera and the kid falls and is laughing. And and the parent's laughing. And you're like, put down the camera and go help your kid. He's like, the media needs to put down the camera and go help her. And no one's reaching out to her. And he's like, I refused. And you could tell the audience at first is like, oh, Britney Spears, he's going to make some fucking jokes and laugh. And they're like, oh, we're assholes. Oh, no. He's talking about serious shit. Good for him. And he's just so sincere. I've always liked him. Oh, yeah. I I loved his show. So he's super sincere, and, and it's very heart-wrenching to hear him tell his story of sobriety, and he's just in his plea to people of, 
give her empathy and sympathy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's embarrassing. He's like, when you're drunk like that, and he goes, I don't know if she's drunk. I don't know what's wrong. But he's like, when you're in a state like that, it's embarrassing. And he's like, it's harder to ask for help when you're the butt of a joke versus yeah. when someone reaches a handout to you. You're like, damn, Craig Ferguson, damn. Yeah. Especially that's embarrassing for a normal person. Yeah. Now imagine you're a huge celebrity and millions of people around the globe just saw you at your worst moment. Mm hmm. You can't live that down For sure. and you have to relive it. I mean, my God, that happened in 2007 and people still talk about it. I would die if people can still talked about the stupid shit. I yeah. did. And not that she she was obviously in a state. It wasn't stupid shit. Yeah. But the stuff that I did that I was embarrassed about when I was 25 years old. My God. Yeah. The part of the documentary that made me cry. I mean, I got choked up a couple of times, but I genuinely is she's being interviewed and I can't remember if it's I think it's Matt Lauer is interviewing her and it's before 2007 it's it maybe early 2007 and it's when the paparazzi was really swarming her about the kid riding in her lap and he goes what do you think is going to take for them to leave you alone do you think they're ever going to leave you alone and she goes because uh. <laughs> it's like you see her think I wonder when they'll leave me alone. And then her brain goes, never. They're never going to leave you alone. Mm. This is your life. And her eyes just well up and she puts her hands in her face and she just starts sobbing. And you're Aww. like, it's crushing. And he's like, oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Because that the question, the, I mean, the answer to that question is never. Yeah. It's and never. she's right. They still don't leave her alone. Uh-huh. Well, another player who didn't make it out unscathed from the documentary's coverage was Justin Timberlake. In the documentary, he is heard speaking about his sex life with Britney. After the doc's release, Timberlake was dragged online for his treatment of Britney at the time for greatest suffering and for his mistreatment of Janet Jackson after the Nipplegate issue. His apology, posted to Instagram, read in part, I've seen the messages, tags, comments, and concerns, and I want to respond. I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, both individually, because I care for and respect these women, and I know I failed. The industry is flawed. It sets men, especially white men, up for success. It's designed this way. I have not been perfect in navigating all this throughout my career. I want to take accountability for my own missteps. I can do better, and I will do better. Comments weren't kind to Justin, stating incredulously, It took you 17 years to do this. And... Alexa, play Too Little Too Late by JoJo. Well, it's perhaps too little too late, but at least he came out and said something positive about the whole thing. Man, when you get down into what happened with Nipplegate and that, you know, my big thing, my uh, another thing I'm always into and have also been watching a lot of is sports documentaries. Yeah. And like YouTube breakdowns and 30 for 30s, but a lot, I watch a lot of YouTube breakdowns and stuff. And one of them was about the Super Bowl and what happened after that for him, what happened after that for her. And he he was a shit, a little shit. You know, I remember it happening. He grabbed her costume and ripped it mm-hmm. and it exposed her nipple. And then she and, got in trouble for it. Yes. Although, wasn't it planned or was it not planned? It was not planned. And uh, the issue was that he was allowed to perform at the Super Bowl later and she wasn't. She was like super shamed about it. He didn't apologize to her. Uh, yeah. And then, so she did not know he was going to grab her top and rip it open. From what I understand, that is correct. And his intention was to expose her breasts. I think that's what, yeah. I mean, it was, he, I think he thought it would be, I'm going to have you naked at the end of the song that it would have been oh, good. I yikes. wonder if maybe he thought something was under it. It's one of those where both parties have said, oh, the other party did it, or if she was in on it and she said, no, I wasn't. 
uh, either way, she's the one that really got in a lot of trouble yeah. for it. And oh, she was completely slut shamed and like ostracized for it. And then on the documentary, there's a um, a couple of instances where Britney's being interviewed about, "Are you a virgin? Are you having sex with mm-hmm. Justin?" And again, you just see her face like, "I don't really want to talk about this." Or one yeah. guy's like, "We're here to talk about your breasts," and she's like, <laughs> "It's so awkward." But then there's an interview with Justin on a radio station, and they're like, "Did you do it? Did you bang Britney? Come on, tell us, man. Did you do it?" And he was like, "Come on, guys." Yeah, I did. <laughs> and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. man. And he was a dumbass yeah. kid or whatever. But yeah. still, like they said, and Paris and I were talking about it like now because we watched it together. And he's like, God, I didn't know it was as bad as it was, you know, the treatment mm-hmm. of her. And I said, I think we recently saw that hopefully uh, we as a society have evolved because when Demi Lovato recently was going through a ton of bad stuff, you know, she was going through a lot of mental health issues and eating mm-hmm. disorder and substance uh, use issues. The, the whole community was like, we've got your back. We're, mm-hmm. We love you. We're supporting you. Nothing was like, she's going crazy. She's up right. the rock. You know, nobody, all the shit that Britney went through, luckily now people don't go through. The shitty thing is that she did have to go through yeah. it. And you kind of see the impact it had on her. But, and so I think maybe a lot of celebrities now are like, yeah, yeah, free Britney. Oh shit. And it's like, yeah. you were famous back then. You could have yeah. said something yep. in 2008 and you did. None of you did. I mean, Casey Musgraves wasn't too famous. Too little, too late for a lot of them. Correct. Yeah. I've like, well, suddenly I'm offended by this. And it was like, mm-hmm. it's been going on since 08. Yeah. Demi Lovato is about to have a documentary come out, too. She's so fucking good. Her inauguration performance. She's great. Yeah. I wept. God, I yeah. cried the whole time. Yeah. Her substance abuse, I think that's a large part of what this documentary is about. And she's recently come out saying that she had... um three strokes and a heart attack yeah. from her overdose mm-hmm. and like still has brain damage and it's hard wasn't even able to like um read for months afterwards because she didn't have complete vision and stuff yeah i mean it, she was in a bad way but like you said she received a lot of support mm-hmm. from the community which hopefully that does show that we as a society are turning a corner yeah we've evolved hopefully mm-hmm. someone well, on February 11, 2021, attorneys for both Britney and Jamie Spears appeared in an L.A. court in front of Judge Brenda Penny to determine whether Jamie could retain previously granted rights, including the rights of determining Britney's investments. Attorney Vivian Lee Thoring appeared at the hearing on Jamie's behalf. She also appeared in the documentary as a, quote, former member of Jamie's legal team, but is later identified as having rejoined the team after giving the interviews. Very powerful note, too, is they're interviewing her and it says former member of Jamie Spears legal team. And the producer goes, so how often do people get out of the, these conservatorships? And she's like, um, uh, and he goes, Could just like, you know, statistically. And she's like, never. He goes, in your practice, what have you seen? She's like, like, never. She goes, it never. It, mm. She goes, it rarely happens, if ever. And then like a couple of minutes later, it's like Vivian Doreen later rejoined Jamie Spears' legal team. You're like, Mm-mm. Paris goes. This is uh, powerfully edited. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Well, Thoreen argued that Samuel Ingham, Brittany's lawyer, purposely drafted the November 2020 order in an unclear and ambiguous manner in an effort to strip Jamie of his powers. According to KKTV LA, Ingham said at the hearing, It's no secret that my client does not want her father as co-conservator, but we recognize that removal is a separate issue. Thoreen countered that Ms. Spears reflected in court papers that she wanted her father to be the sole conservator of her estate. Referring to statements Brittany made earlier in the conservatorship. Well, like we've said several times on all of our 
the first two-parter, and then we've done a Britney update on our Patreon as well. Until Britney stands up in a court of law and the words come out of her mouth, I feel like we're never going to really get to the bottom of this or get a a final answer on anything. Mm -hmm. And someone, you know, I was on one of my lawyer forums or whatever, and they were like, well, why do you think, you know, she's still under it? Because kind of the magic key to trying to get out of a conservatorship is making a written request to the court. I mean, you take a post-it note and write, I don't want to be in a conservatorship anymore. And that should trigger, and I know in Texas law, and then there's a similar uh, procedure in California law, it will trigger the court to appoint someone to, a court investigator will go and investigate like their physical, their activities of daily living, investigate their financial situation, and then make a determination or make a recommendation to the court. And someone said, I wonder if her lawyer has told her, if you do that, the state you're in now, they're not going to let you out of it. And it's going to be worse. So what we should do is like the strategic thing to do that some of these other attorneys were saying, and I agree with, is step one, get Jamie's powers reduced. So he's no longer Mm -hmm. the the conservator of the person. Step two, get him reduced further. He's no longer the full conservator of the estate. So now he's his powers are getting winnowed down. And guess what? If Samuel Ingham wrote it like that, he did it on fucking purpose. <laughs> like he's right. been at this for years. He didn't accidentally write an unclear and ambiguous order. Because uh, when you file a motion with the court, you also add an order to the back that says like, hey, judge, if you like my motion and want to agree with it, all you have to do is sign this piece of paper. I've already written the order for you. And sometimes judges will add things to it or like scratch stuff out. But Ingham's proposed order took a lot of Jamie's uh a lot of Jamie's uh what's the word powers and given gave him over to Bessemer Trust mm-hmm. and he was on purpose like he like I said yeah, Ingham sure. did that on purpose cuz that's what she wants she doesn't and also Jamie Spears is a guy Bessemer Trust is a full ass investment company right. who should be in charge of the investments he's yeah. like well, I've been it for the last however many years fine and good for you but that doesn't mean you're the best suited for the no, job. Not at all. Um, so I think it was purposeful. So I think maybe, you know, step one is he's no longer conservator of the person. Step two, he's no longer sole conservator of the state. Maybe step three, Bessemer Trust goes, hey, we disagree with what he's doing or he's doing something we don't like. Then maybe there's cost. Like, what does Samuel say? Removal is a separate issue. It's no secret that my client does not want her father in this role. And so that is to me him saying our next step is going to be to try to elbow him out and get him out. Um, and then maybe then figure out a way to uh, to remove the conservatorship. Yeah. It's going to be step by step by step. Well, hopefully it continues going that way. Yeah. Well, for now, Brittany's chosen fiduciary, Bessemer Trust, is serving as co-conservator along with Jamie and has been tasked with making certain financial and investment decisions on Brittany's behalf. So, yeah, hopefully um, they're on the, the right path to her eventually getting her, her freedom back. And at least she's getting it back in little chunks. Yeah, little by little, for sure. And her her um, boyfriend kind of came out and said he took, yeah. Yeah, took her side. You know, he backs her up and everything. So And that her dad is yeah, a, total a dick. huge piece of shit and always has been. <laughs> I think a total dick is the quote exactly. That's exactly yeah. what he, he slammed her father for being a, quote, total dick. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, so what do we think? Oh man, like I said, we the time the exact time that we took off it was like perfect timing. It was like bam 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 mm-hmm. bam bam everything we've already covered they uh they cropped up. They the universe resurfaced. was working uh, in our favor with this one. <laughs> I think so. I think so. So 
It's been, uh, a, I guess it was a, uh, definitely a good break for you. You really needed it. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to keep saying that we were on maternity leave. We were. I did, we were. I did nothing for the baby. You, first of all, that's not true at all. And I want to go, just want to publicly say right now how much I appreciate Aww. you doing so much during this time. Heather basically did everything. She Not basically. She did do everything. She ran everything. Uh, for the past month so thank you so much and you did a wonderful job Aww. and i love you i love you gave me a fantastic uh sweet necklace that has tommy and i's names and simon and ella's name on it and it's so cute also have i even told everyone what you did for my baby shower i don't think so i think we should post the video on patreon oh yeah okay <laughs> heather had a special guest attend my virtual baby shower. And that special guest is Fiona the Hippo. (laughs) Fiona was, they videoed her from the Cincinnati Zoo telling me congratulations. They were feeding her things. They said, congratulations, Ella. It was, I openly wept. (laughs) Like, I embarrassed myself at, at my baby shower. As soon as Fiona popped on the screen, I yelled and then i just <laughs> sobbed uncontrollably you yelled like, out, that's fiona <laughs> it was great. tommy had to put his hand on me like are you okay is this <laughs> i probably made everyone uncomfortable but uh it was it was awesome yeah I, I was thinking the other night i was like we should put that on patreon because i've talked about fiona so much yeah. on mixed bags and stuff that um and i know that a lot of our patreons love her just as much oh as yeah I i'll upload that i have it on my my laptop nice awesome well, it's good to be back, everybody. We got a and, all new uh, one for you next week. Yeah, we do. Yes, so keep tuning in. <laughs> oh man, I was doing so well. We're getting back on it. We're getting back. And on then, the yeah, it was that was rusty. We're that just- was rusty there. <laughs> We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost, so if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating this show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airwaves tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including some fun new additions we've been rotating in with our mix bags, wheel segments, including Am I the Asshole, and relationship advice. Yes, they're super fun. I love them so much. my favorite. You also now have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We'll also be hopping in occasionally and hosting monthly Q&As, where you can ask us all your burning questions. For our patrons not in the U.S., you now have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon in the top right corner to join today. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out, which we will be doling out in chunks. <laughs> in because there's uh, almost 300 Patreon shout-outs to get through from the past month. So if you don't hear yours on this one, trust us, it is coming up. 
So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch, and we love them. Keep those pictures coming. We recently added a new tote bag design and some socks. There's also hats, clothes, tote bags, mugs, anything you want. Visit Sinisterhood.com and click on shop in the top right corner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood Christy. I am on, man, I haven't been on in so long. I got to remember what all my stuff is. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Christy or GTFO and I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. I am on Twitter at MCK versus the world and on Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for subscribing on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. Erica Kelly. Samantha Coco. Kim Toth. Ellen Lickman. Janelle Cocroft, a.k.a. Pokesplort. Shannon Fisher. Aaron. Sydney Laporta. Emily Messenger. Danielle Navarrete. Maura Loesch. Abby Karam. Yannette Cecil. Nikki McHenry. Becca Ford. Ashley Wywius. Melissa Kimla. Heather Rondo. Sherry W. Samantha. Emerald Calvo. Destiny Olinger. Leah Beatty. Aaron Collins. Melissa Fox Chipley. And Sissy. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show and sticking with us. It sincerely means so much to us. We appreciate all your support, especially during these trying times. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. Sinister. <laughs>